0: Hello and welcome to the Prospect Chat with Brian Hemminger. I am your host, Matt Schlichting, who is here with Brian Hemminger. Brian, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm
0: ready for the first Prospect Chat of
1: 2018.
0: Heck yeah. And there's a couple of fun things going on with Prospects now at Let's Go Tribe that we'll definitely touch base on. Um, Why don't you go ahead and take it away?
1: Well, we started our Prospect Countdown which is probably my favorite time of the year, like in the offseason, anywhere, uh, where we do our basically top 20 prospect countdown, um, and we let the fans decide. Well, I guess we start top to bottom. So at at the beginning, we picked, uh, you know, just about three three players that we assumed would be the number one, and then from then on, uh, two through 10, we go with our we let the readers choose between five players for their next ranked prospect. And then once we get to uh, 11 through 20, we expand it a little bit. It'll be, you'll probably get seven players to choose from, maybe even more. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, but it's really fun, uh, especially for somebody like me that's obsessed with prospects. I like seeing what the people think if they agree with me. And so far they're doing pretty good.
0: Yeah. uh, We've got, uh, the article's up for the first two now, although I believe the vote is closed for number two yes. as well.
1: Yeah, basically the way it works, the article goes up at 10 o'clock each weekday, and then 10 o'clock a.m., and then the voting closes at 10 p.m. that night. So you got 12 hours to vote for each uh, prospect, for each uh, ranking. So that's how it works. It's simple, it's easy, and so far it's looking good.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun to participate in. So if you're new to the podcast or haven't stopped by Let's Go Tribe to enter the voting before, it's just letsgotribe.com. And then it should be right up there either at the top of the page or if you scroll down to the latest, we've got the Cleveland Indians Prospect and Minor Leagues section right down there as well where you can see the articles that are up and vote on the future ones. So it's probably not... Too shocking, but tell the people who the people think the number one prospect is.
1: They chose Francisco Mejia. I know that that is a big stretch. They took a a big risk on that one, Uh, the number one (laughs) catching prospect in all of baseball. But you know what? Props to the people. Uh, I completely agree with them. A switch hitting catcher that can go on a 50-game hit streak and has the best arm of any player in the system. Yeah, he deserves it.
0: And 14 plate appearances at the major league level, which. Oh yes. yeah.
1: I, I saw that argument, man. Did you guys see him at the major league level last year? He just looked completely lost in those 14 plate appearances at the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Because everybody knows a 21 year old who comes up in the middle of the and year. And has never, played with the never team.
1: faced AAA pitching even. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, the same people that are like, you know, I didn't see, uh, you know, Greg Allen only stole one base last year. I mean, is he even fast? No. He <laughs> did go one for one. Come on, give the guy some credit.
0: Okay, so I, guarantee,
1: I guarantee Greg Allen steals this is This is my big prediction for 2018. I guarantee Greg Allen steals more than one base for the Indians in 2018. Yeah, I'm. I'm really taking a, a leap here, but yeah, so far so good. Um, they've decided that the fan vote has given Francisco Mejia number one status, Tristan McKenzie number two, and Bobby Bradley number three. And that pretty much is step for step in line with how everyone else has our prospect rankings. I don't think I've seen anything different anywhere in terms of the one, two, three um, thus far, but. Uh, after that, that's where things start to to go a little crazy. I mean, there's, there's a lot of—the Indians have a lot of solid players. But, I mean, basically, the way I see it, it's Mejia and McKenzie are the elite prospects. Yeah. And then after that, we have a lot of very good prospects that could become elite, but we're just still figuring them out. They're still figuring some things out.
0: Yeah, and especially with McKenzie and Mejia, they're kind of at the level now where if they don't end up contributing— to the major league team at least at least a few wins in their career
1: by yeah far. it would be a disappointment yeah because i mean mckenzie last year we didn't really talk about him much uh, yet we talked about Mejia a little bit but last year mckenzie led all minor league pitchers in strikeouts that's unbelievable at he was 19 years old and he struck out more batters than any pitcher in the entire minor league system of any team at any level.
0: That's, I guess, one of the things I keep forgetting about him is that he is still that young.
1: Yeah, he's but... he's going to be, he's 20 this year, but last year he was 19 pretty much the whole season, except I think the very end, and he led all baseball in strikeouts in the minor league. He struck out like 11.7 per nine innings. That's disgusting.
0: It is. And here's one. I, I don't think on the last. Prozcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> we I, I asked this at all, but has he are there any history of elbow injuries or has he zero. had Tommy John? That's
1: nope. Awesome. zero history of injuries. And he pitched the whole season without missing a start. That's and nice. people keep, keep people keep worrying about this guy because he's so skinny. I mean, he is six foot five and weighs about one hundred sixty five pounds. But guess what? He just pitched a whole season and had no injuries. Mm-hmm. Didn't miss one start. Didn't leave one start early. I mean, knocking on wood here, but that's amazing. And, and there hasn't been even one hint of any issues in regards to him having any arm problems. Beautiful. Yeah. And and uh, Baseball uh, America came out with their top 10. I don't know if we had done the prospect podcast by then, Not quite yet. um, okay, we hadn't, uh, we hadn't done the first one together, but they also graded like which players in the Indian system have the best tools, like who has the best arm, who has who's the fastest, who's you know best contact, best mm-hmm. power, um, and they gave uh, Tristan McKenzie the best curveball in the system, and there are several very good curveballs in the Indian system.
0: Yes, there are.
1: So McKenzie has a fastball right now that can hit the mid nineties. He's got the best curveball in the system, and he's got a very good developing changeup, and he can locate them all. So he's somebody I can't wait to see what he does at AA. I really wanted to see him in person last year, but he spent the whole year playing in Virginia, in Southern Virginia for the Carolina League at Lynchburg. So this year, he's absolutely going to be starting the year at AA. So I'm going to be heading over to Akron and watching him play multiple times.
0: And it'll be interesting. Did he it'll be his first time at double a right yes right
1: he he could have started they could have promoted him to double a at any point last year honestly but they the reason that they were patient with him is his youth and um i think what they wanted to do was to in the carolina league there's less teams so you're repeating yourself against teams more at that Ah. level so they wanted to see like him have to make adjustments and how people would adjust to him. So that's that's one of the reasons that a lot of times that people will stay at that level, especially pitchers. Right. But I mean, the Indians did promote several pitchers from that level. I mean, Shane Bieber got promoted to that level and then got promoted to double A last year. So, I mean, he's only been in that last year was his first full season and he finished at double A. So that's why he has exploded up the rankings
0: as well. Yes, and I'm interested to see with McKenzie. I kind of want to see him struggle a little bit at Double A. I do. And then, well, I mean, <laughs> I just feel like it would be more suspicious if he doesn't have any trouble at all again at Double A, mm-hmm. and then just to see how he handles a little bit more adversity and see. He had a little more... bit
1: of adversity last year. There was a stretch where he had like maybe two starts or three starts that weren't that great. And then he just finished the year like a powerhouse again. And I was like, because I was thinking, you know, maybe he's getting tired. You know, he's finally wearing down after, you know, pitching more, like twice as many innings as he's ever pitched in a full season. But then he just locked right back in. So, I mean, if you go and look at him, I mean, he had, I think, six or seven starts where he struck out more than 10, where he struck out 10 or more, uh, And he never pitched more than seven innings either. So, I mean, because I think they clearly have him on a pitch count and he was still doing that. So that's pretty incredible.
0: I just, I can't wait.
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, he is absolutely going to be pitching for the Indians next year. Yes. At some point. He might even do it this year. I mean, they have so many guys ahead of him right now that that's probably unlikely. And why... You know, take a year of a service time out just to for a September call up type of situation, but if he, uh, I mean, he could.
0: Yeah, and if he keeps dominating like this, I think he becomes a guy that you make space for mm-hmm. at some point.
1: Yeah, that that's why I like him so much. I mean. I haven't been, I I haven't been as excited about a pitching prospect in the Indian system since CC Sabathia.
0: That's popping in the way back.
1: Yeah. And he started for the Indians, I think at 20 years old. And guess what? Tristan McKenzie just turned 20 and it's possible he could make it to the big leagues this year. It's unlikely. Mm -hmm. It's a stretch. I mean, a lot of things would have to happen probably, a lot of injuries or trades or all kinds of stuff bad things would have to happen for him to pitch this year for the Indians. Like No matter how good he he pitches in the minor leagues, but it is possible.
0: So definitely we'll be keeping tabs on him, and I think we're both going to end up having the opportunity to go see him play at some point this season, which is excellent. But our number three top overall prospect is Bobby Bradley. The article's not Mm -hmm. quite up yet, but voting is closed. Uh, He's the always debatable first baseman prospect Mm -hmm. some people say that doesn't exist because if you can't feel the position other than first you never know how well the bat's gonna end up working at the major league level but tell us a little bit about what he has done in the last year okay bobby
1: bradley had a very interesting 2017 and i think people are suffering a little bit from prospect fatigue because you know there's people that have like kind of Thought dropped him a little bit in their their rankings, like because oh man, he can just play first base. But if you look what he did last year, it was impressive. He cut his strikeouts significantly. He went from like about a hundred and seventy seven strikeouts in two thousand sixteen, when he had a very strong season, and and he he won MVP at the Carolina League that year. He had one hundred and seventy seven strikeouts last year. He had one hundred and twenty two strikeouts. So he and he played the whole season, so it wasn't just having less strikeouts because he played less. And then uh, he did drop a little bit in a uh, walk rate and a little bit in his home run totals, but his batting average spiked up about 30 points, so his slugging percentage was about the same. Yep. Um, his ISO was still over 200, so, I mean, the jump from... Uh, high A to Double A is supposed to be the most difficult, especially for hitters, because the pitching at Double A is extremely good. I mean, that's when you're getting, you know, pitchers that can be called straight from Double A to the major league level, like guys that can contribute at that at that level of ability. So usually people struggle significantly, and for him to drop his strikeouts so much in that transition is very impressive. So, and people forget he's still just 21 years old.
0: Yeah, he's another, So and he's, it's, it's, I'm glad you brought up the prospect fatigue, because I feel like I've been hearing about him forever in the Indian system, because he started when he was 18 in the Arizona, mm -hmm.
1: and you gotta remember, I mean, he's going to be at AAA starting this year, most likely. I mean, unless they want to repeat him at double A for some reason because Nelly Rodriguez is at triple A. But I don't think Nelly Rodriguez is going to be holding Bobby Bradley back at all, um, especially after Nelly Rodriguez had an awful season in 2017. So uh, he's going to be starting this year at triple A. Guess what? If people draft an elite first base prospect out of college, they're starting at like low A at age 21 or uh, in the rookie league at age 21. Bobby Bradley is starting the year at triple a at 21. I don't know why anybody would think would be disappointed at all with what he's been able to accomplish so far. So I'm extremely excited about Bobby Bradley and uh, I'm not worried at all about uh, Yonder Alonso. Like the deal they gave it's a two year deal with an option for a third year. So that's not going to hold Bobby Bradley back at all. I mean, if, it basically just let, gives them time to be patient with Bradley. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Bradley spend the whole year at AAA and then start next year at AAA. But when he's ready, the Indians are going to pull the trigger on him and give him his shot. Uh, he, he's going to be available for uh, call-ups to the major leagues if they need it, which is going to be really awesome. I mean, people pointed out that he didn't hit that well at the Arizona Fall League but you know that's not the worst thing in the world. And I mean it's a small sample size.
0: 77 plate appearances. Mhm. So
1: I mean his strikeout spiked at the Arizona Fall League but I'm not too worried about it. We'll see how he does after a full off season and continuing work with the Indians development system and coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh I really I'm looking forward to see what he does at AAA this year.
0: And even considering double yes. A, you mentioned mm-hmm. the age difference. He was more than three years younger than the average player in the league. Yes. which is a huge difference.
1: Yeah, it is, and and he's a a big time power hitter, and he's a guy. He's he's that. Uh, I mean, he showed last year that he can make a little bit better contact. Because I would say. In his year at in the Carolina League, he was the three true outcomes fitter. It was walk, strikeout, home run for the most part. Uh, and then last year, he made a lot more heavy, hard contact. So he was able to get more, I think, more doubles. He was able to get more singles. Um, he put more balls in play. And that's something that you want to see, I think, out of uh, a a good hitter. I mean, yeah, home runs are... I mean, And this is a guy that is going to be blasting home runs, too. But you just don't want him going up and striking out all the time or hitting home runs, sacrificing all the contact rate. So I think this is a guy that can have improved contact rate and still blast 30, 40 home runs.
0: Which is exciting. And then even, yes. he, he averaged, what, 26 doubles mm-hmm. or so over the last...
1: He's not that fast. So <laughs> don't expect... A, you know, he's not the five tool player. Like he's not a Bradley Zimmer. He's not gonna go out there and, you know, beat people with his arm or his legs or his defense. I mean, he's gonna go up there and he's gonna show power and he's gonna hit the ball and he's gonna get on base. That's what he does.
0: So here's maybe a little bit of a depressing question. Mm-hmm. When was the last time the Indians were the ones that developed like a true just power hitting prospect at like a fairly elite potential level?
1: Um, Let's see. Well, if I don't know if you count Carlos Santana since they didn't draft him, but they did trade for him when he was uh, in the minor league still. Mm-hmm. So he was a guy that ended up hitting, you know, 30 home runs or more. Um, then you have you know, Jim Tomey, that's a while ago, obviously, and that's not the current Indian staff. Uh, but you go back to like a lot of the power hitters that kind of flamed out. There's the Russell Brannion. Um, I mean, he was the two true outcome player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Richie Sexton, that, if that counts. Um, you know what? Jesus Aguilar actually played really well last year for Milwaukee. Um, I think he was a guy that could have turned into something, but the Indians just didn't have room for him, and especially after they signed uh, Encarnacion, that wasn't going to happen.
0: Yeah, and that pretty much signaled the end of his time, for sure. Mm -hmm. He had a very, very strange year.
1: Does uh, Lindor count?
0: I mean, he hit over 30 home runs last year.
1: What about Ramirez?
0: I... I might have to give you Lindor. Especially considering he's, you know, a shortstop hitting 30 home runs, which I'll be interested to see if he can do it again next season. Mm-hmm. I just love the idea of him having 30 for 30 or 30 and 30 seasons at shortstop with elite defense.
1: And Ramirez, he can yeah. do it too. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things to get excited about. So. Yeah, I mean I I would definitely say Lindor counts. I mean, he went from a guy that people thought could hit 10 maybe and he hit over 30 last year. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, a lot of times they uh sign their big power guys. I mean, they or trade for him. you know, with Jay Bruce last year or Encarnacion or Napoli. You know, they 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 like to bring them in a lot of times, so they don't usually develop the power guy. But I think that's also because the Indians like to go for the quick-hitting uh, middle infielder or corner or center fielder types with their drafts it seems. Yeah,
0: and I guess that's part of the reason that Bobby Bradley is kind of exciting is he could yeah. be that guy that comes up through the system and hits 40 at the, the highest level. I hope. Yes. <laughs> So he is our number three. Uh, when does voting for the number four overall prospect in the system go up?
1: Monday. So it'll go up in the article about Bobby Bradley. So they'll have the the voting poll at the end of that article. So, and I'll list off who we can vote for, because uh, and hopefully uh, Tyler keeps it alphabetical like I've been doing, but... Uh, for number four, you'll be able to vote for Greg Allen, Willie Castro, Yu Chang Chang, Nolan Jones, and a mystery number five of Tyler's choosing. And personally, I would choose Shane Bieber if he if 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 I, if I was given. I had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, if if I was given the power, but it's up to Tyler. I mean, there's there's a few options he can go with, but I would personally go with Shane Bieber. And it's looking like Greg Allen might win number four
0: yeah, because he 23% of the votes
1: yes. in the last one. Mm-hmm. And Bradley took 50%. So, yeah. And nobody else even had half of what Allen got. Nolan Jones got 12. So it'll be interesting. I mean, sometimes, you know, the, the previous vote doesn't mean that that, ne- that person will be that next. Uh, the second place will become the next prospect rank. Uh, Sometimes people brigade. Sometimes people change their mind. So we'll see.
0: I would guess that Allen is pretty safe as being number four. Yeah,
1: I mean, I really liked what I saw out of him last year. I mean, he came in and he played elite defense in the outfield. He didn't look lost. Uh, I didn't think he looked lost at the plate. He didn't bat particularly well. But, I mean, he cranked a home run, which was pretty awesome. And he didn't make any mistakes on the base paths. So, I mean... even though he'd never faced AAA either uh never been in AAA either i thought that he looked uh like he belonged at the major league level too so i i think uh greg allen's definitely a guy worth getting excited about yes and- the, the yeah the one thing about allen is unlike you know zimmer he's not as flashy
0: um
1: like allen gets such a good read on fly balls that he doesn't have to usually make those crazy diving catches. Like, he just gets to them. (laughs) Like, the ones that Zimmer is making these highlight reel dives, Alan catches on a run because he can... He's so fast, and he gets such a great jump on the ball.
0: So here's... And I don't know if you know this or not, but... That kind of reminds me of the old debate about i mean, Derek Jeter being the most obvious case where he made all these crazy diving plays at shortstop, but mm-hmm. it was just because his range was terrible and every other shortstop in the league was fielding it with two feet on the ground. Yep. Um, do we have in any of the minor league parks something like the, maybe not StatCast, but a system that tracks players uh, for their range and things like that, or, or arm strength.
1: Not as far as I know, but I mean, there's just, all you can really go with on that is the eye test from scouts and from other reports. And, you know, Greg Allen did win a minor league gold glove for center field, which goes to the best defensive center fielder in all of minor league baseball, which is a pretty good deal. Pretty big deal in my opinion.
0: And I think that he, if all you needed was his glove, he's ready right now to start every single mm-hmm. day in center field at the major league level. So I'm excited to see what he can do with his bat in Columbus.
1: Yeah. As long as he can even be half decent offensively in terms of, you know, just going up there and batting like 240 or better. I think he can push, like he could be on the major league club and play center field for the Indians for a long time. But I think he can do better than that. even Cause I mean, when he was healthy, he batted about 300 in that season that he split between A and high A two years ago. Last year, he had the injury to his hamate bone. So I think that did affect his ability to, to make good contact. So we'll see how he does with a full healthy season this time around, especially starting at A most likely. He's um, one of the
0: main reasons I'm considering some sort of ticket package for the Clippers
1: yeah, this season. Yeah. I, I want to see him play. I haven't got to see him play yet. I mean, I went to some I only went to uh some games in Columbus last year and there weren't a lot of prospects. I got to see Yandi play and that's about it.
0: I think he's the only I only got to one much much later in the the minor league season and I believe he was the only sort of noteworthy guy mm-hmm. who was out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, their team was just full of nothing but vets. I mean, they had Stamets and Schaefer and Nellie Rodriguez and uh, some minor league, fr- Ronnie Rodriguez, and a bunch of, like, veterans they'd signed. So, you know, I wasn't too crazy about watching the Clippers play last year. Like, all the Indians' prospects were basically at double A and high A and 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 Lake County Single A, and and honestly, the most exciting team last year might have been the the Low A Mahoning Valley team that had you know Nolan Jones and Will Benson and and a whole bunch of uh, good young pitchers. So,
0: Whew. yeah, I'm interested to see as those younger guys keep going up through the ranks. We've talked about you know, the top overall guys and what we can sort of expect from them. But you always want to see a little bit more progress mm-hmm. just because it, it makes such a difference for an entire system. If you have a guy kind of like Jose Ramirez did in the past where he was on people's radar. He was,
1: he, was never like a, on any prospect rankings. And now he's one of the best he, players in baseball.
0: <laughs> every once in a while he would get mentioned and it was like, well, you know, whatever. But I, all-star third baseman before the age of 25. Mm -hmm. Not supposed to have been in the cards for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's somebody that I think people just underrated. Like, they didn't see that he could develop some power. They didn't see that he had such excellent, uh, like, such an excellent eye at the plate. So, yeah, there there are definitely guys that, that can catch you off guard. Um, because sometimes people get too focused on like the specific skills they don't see like a good well-rounded player like Ramirez.
0: I'm excited too with Ramirez just to see it would be nuts, but I'd love to see him make a run at the single season doubles record. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got perfect gap power mm-hmm. and he had the most he was the first player to get 56 doubles. This past season, it was the most (laughs) since Matt Carpenter in 2013. So 67 is the record by Earl Webb.
1: That'd be tough. But I mean, with his gap power, it could happen with his speed and aggressiveness, too. I mean, he turns a lot of uh, plays that look like just a single and just goes for a double, catches guys and happens sometimes.
0: I want the stat um, hustle doubles (laughs) above replacement. (laughs) I think he would be first in the league for sure. Mm-hmm. So oh, I, right. I believe that rounds out everything that I had in mind for the podcast this evening. Was there any other okay. player that you wanted to touch base on or any other topics that you wanted to uh, discuss?
1: Not off the top of my head. I mean, the Indians invited uh, a few players to spring training, but... I mean, I don't think that that's really noteworthy until spring training actually starts. Uh, we can't really just go out and guess what they'll do. So, uh, unless anybody else had any questions in the chat or anything, uh, yeah, we can probably wrap this up.
0: Yeah, so we'll hold a little bit longer here because I know there's still some folks that are listening to the live feed and we've had mm-hmm. some people commenting throughout. Thanks to Rufus and William, Chris. Uh, Rufus mentions the 50th double. That Ramirez had. I can't specifically remember which one that was, but I would have to imagine it was one where he lost his helmet, perhaps almost kicked it onto his head again. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for another wonderful edition of the Let's Talk Tribe Prospect Chat. I'm your host, Matt Schlichting. We were here with Brian Hemminger, who is the lead prospect writer at Let's Go Tribe, and have an excellent night. Go vote mm-hmm. online for the Community top prospects and we we'll